What's up, everybody? This is the Pearsall Bros Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm with my brother, Pat. The Denver Nuggets are the 2023 NBA champions. We talk about what we learned from this season and what we think may happen in the NBA in 2024. We also discuss the offseason status and potential moves some of the contenders may need to consider and the ramifications of the 25-game suspension to John Morant. Hope you guys enjoy it. Well, the 2023 NBA season is officially in the books. The Denver Nuggets were crowned champions last week. They took care of business in um, not record fashion. They didn't sweep the Miami Heat. And we thought it was going to be competitive after or more competitive after game three. Denver really just took care of business Um, in this series more than any other. It looked like a one seed Denver Nuggets versus an eight seed Miami Heat. Um, Nikola Jokic played great. Jamal Murray played great. The entire team of the Denver Nuggets played excellent. But I don't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily wowed uh, by them in this round. I really think there were some components of the series where Miami didn't play as well as they had in the previous three series, which is kind of a bummer from a viewer standpoint. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't think anybody's surprised that Denver won. So what's interesting about it is what collectively do we think? Um, or what do we take away uh, from the season, and what did we learn uh, after watching the 2023 NBA season? There's a few things I think you can take away from this season and, and what happened and maybe what didn't happen. I mean, to me, it seems like from watching the championship that the concept of team chemistry is more important than superstar basketball, just sheer firepower. Yeah. Um, you could even say that from Miami. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the West, you know, Denver beat Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix went all in on exactly that concept. We're just going to get raw basketball talent and see how far that takes us. And it took them a little bit, but then they just eventually it just didn't work. For one thing, they had to kind of sell the farm to get all that raw starting talent there. And there's no depth um, yeah. after that kind of thing. For sure. Um, so Denver beat Phoenix. Same kind of thing kind of in L.A. You know, they, they hit, there's obviously LeBron and A.D. They kind of hit the wall a little bit. Struggled to get a third, a true kind of third piece in there. Don't put any slander on Austin Reeves' name I'm not, I'm not. I'm not slandering Austin Reeves. I'm talking, but he's their third piece. Yeah, he's emerging still, I would say. <laughs> he, he's. It's looking like it. You know, I mean, the yeah. Lakers are one of those teams that this year during the offseason, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do. I mean... But in terms of what we learned, I think I think that yes, both the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets proved that team chemistry is just as important, if not actually more important, than, I, than your superstars. I completely agree. Not just team chemistry, but your ability to execute like basketball well. It sounds so kind of silly, but the most explosive um, athletic players in the league didn't get to this point. Uh, when you think obvious, the perfect, the most perfect example of that is Nikola Jokic. Like he is the most plain uh, basketball player on the planet. I guess from an athletic standpoint, you would never describe him as an athlete. As exciting or exciting or, but he plays so well. He he just 
And he's not necessarily fundamentally sound. I mean, I guess he is. He gets all of the... He packs the stat sheet um, in, in all the categories. So from that sense, you might say he's fundamentally sound. But what I took away from this is yeah, I think there's a, a really high price on explosiveness and athleticism. But I think you really have to have a group of players that not only uh, believe in one another and connect with each other, and that speaks to the team chemistry component, but you need basketball players. You need guys who can shoot, who can dribble, who can pass. And I think the teams that try to pick players and create teams with, with players that are really talented athletes, but maybe they just don't shoot as well, pass as well, dribble as well, and maybe the coaching staff and the organization thinks, well, we can teach them how to play basketball. I think at this level, there almost needs to be a greater emphasis on the former. Like You need to have the basketball player first, then use your strength and conditioning department to make them a better athlete, to make them more conditioned. That seems to be proven uh, with players such as Zion Williamson. Yeah. On paper, just this kind of raw freak athlete. Look how, I mean, he's explosive and all that stuff. He can't stay on the court. Right. We learned that team chemistry, very important, maybe more important than superstars. Money, you can't necessarily just go out and buy a championship. I'm looking at you, Dallas. Yeah. You know, or not even a championship. Try to even buy a good, I mean, that thing blew up. I don't even know how much of that is Kyrie Irving's fault necessarily. I mean. No, absolutely. Some of it is. Yeah. But and the back to the same thing with Phoenix, they tried to buy it, and we discussed, we talked about them a little bit ago. Pat did, and same type of idea. You can't just buy your way there. I think, and that again speaks to the team chemistry point. I mean, maybe one more season for Phoenix in the books with those guys collectively together for a full eighty-two games, um, but we don't really know. So, what does that mean looking into the future for twenty twenty-four? It's so it's such an easy answer to be like, who's going to win the championship? Well. I'm going to say the team that just won the championship, probably the Denver Nuggets. Um, same thing in the NFL. When you look at next year, like, who's going to win it all? I'm going to guess Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's sort of a lame duck answer, but if that's the team that looks like they're destined to win, it's it's hard to pick against a team when you see them execute and perform so well. What's to say they can't do it again? There's no guarantee that those uh, that they're going to come back collectively, you know, the entire team again in 2024. But if they do, or if it's 90% the same team, hard to bet against Nikola Jokic. I agree completely. I mean, I think you're right. It's very easy to say, well, I, obviously the Nuggets are the best team in basketball, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I think I think something to be said for it too, the Nuggets have the least amount of questions. Every Everybody that you could talk about, well, who could beat the Nuggets? Well, I don't know. Golden State Warriors have a lot mm-hmm. of pieces. The LA Lakers have some good pieces. The Phoenix Suns obviously have good pieces. But all of those teams, you know, the Sacramento Kings, they're yep. very, you know, Memphis Grizzlies, all that kind of stuff. But all of those teams have real questions yeah. about, well, like as the Lakers, well, we got LeBron and we've got AD. That's not enough, obviously. So what do we do? Or, or the team existing today sure. isn't enough. Now, again, that team was kind of assembled later in the year. So if, they, if you gave them another you know, 65 games to kind of work on the chemistry or whatever, would it get better? Yeah, it would probably get a little bit better. But I don't think anybody thinks that the L.A. Lakers today are ready 
to win the NBA championship. Yeah. And I think you mentioned off all those other teams, what's interesting now and what's common across every NBA team is the idea of load management. And with all of those teams you mentioned, Golden State, they're getting a little bit older. I don't think anybody expects, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, they get their handful of injuries. Draymond Green's not going to play 82 games. So how's that going to look? LeBron James isn't going to play 82 games. You know Anthony Davis is going to get hurt at some point. Uh, John Morant, of course, was just recently announced he's going to be suspended for 25 games, so he's not playing the full 82 even if you have an injury-free season, that's really going to be the, almost the most helpful uh, factor in in being successful. But nowadays, so many guys are just sort of penciled in for 60 to 65 games. It's hard to really look forward and try to predict and think, okay, what's actually going to happen here? Because you could see with all of the top teams Kevin Durant, I don't there's no chance he hasn't played 82 games in a long time. Kyrie Irving's not going to do that at Dallas. The West specifically if we stay there, I like Sacramento cuz they got a lot of young pieces and they seem to be, you know, staying, you know, why wouldn't they stay together and you know, build on this year. And again, you love Denver because they have a lot of young pieces. All of the other, you know, teams, when you look at the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard will never play a full 82-game season again. Paul George, same thing. Because all of these aging superstars, you don't expect them to play the full 82 games. So when you look at teams with young stars, that makes it at least slightly easier to forecast. It's really kind of a crapshoot, which I guess is going to be entertaining. Well, it's going to be very entertaining. I mean, they're already making moves. You know, Golden State recently named Mike Dunleavy Jr. as their new GM. Um, their former GM, Bob Myers, retired after, of course, assembling the teams that won four championships. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of moves being made already. Um, and I think it also speaks to, too, you know, you can't really manufacture that chemistry. You have to make a team and then not mess with it to yeah. some level um, and kind of hope that it gets better. I mean, the Denver Nuggets have been absolutely trending upward for the last few seasons. Obviously, Nikola Jokic, not this season, but the last two seasons, MVP, right? So it's okay. It's working. It's working. It's working. They got those ancillary pieces this year, and it worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it proved, it also proved, Dallas proved, can't just buy it. Right. You know, um, LA even proved, can't just buy it. Phoenix can't just buy it. Right. It doesn't work. And so, okay. Yeah. Denver. Yeah. Right. Denver is going to be in the early lead and uh, an early favorite for sure. And when you look in the Eastern Conference, you know, Milwaukee, there's not a lot of noise, not much happening out of there. Of course, they've got the new head coach coming into 2024. Uh, you don't know what they're going to do from a personnel perspective. They looked so good and so unbeatable um, in this regular season, and we all know what happened. They got beat by Jimmy Butler uh, and the boys from Miami. So, uh, But Giannis is still in his prime for sure. I think it's hard to bet against yeah. Milwaukee. I mean, e even after what happened, I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that Miami is a fluke because, again, they had that good team chemistry, and it— you know, proved that they were, they didn't, you know, watching a, that Milwaukee series, Miami didn't get lucky. Right. They, they beat Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee. And the, and the year, per, uh, the year prior, Miami was in the Eastern Conference finals. 
So it's not like they didn't play as well as everybody thought they did, as thought they would in the 22-23 regular season. But um, towards the end of the NBA season in 2022, again, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So when you keep going down the line in the Eastern Conference, you look at Boston, there's all sorts of talk. Are they going to keep Jalen Brown? Are they going to trade Jalen Brown? So who really knows what's going there? But you got to feel good about Jason Tatum. He is a really good piece. He played really, really well. He's like almost single-handedly put Philadelphia away, scored 51 in Game 7 against them, and helped bring them back from a 3-0 deficit against Miami. Uh, so there's no reason to think Boston wouldn't be successful. There's some drama over there. Head coach Missoula, and is he up to snuff? Hard, but which is kind of weird to say, considering they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven. Right. I mean, what do you consider up to snuff or not? You know, so well, they didn't win the NBA championship. Is Coach Havitt? You know. Yeah, which has kind of been the way. I mean, you know, Mike Budenholzer, the Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks coach, he gets fired and just won an NBA championship two years ago. This is true. This is true. And it, I mean, Doc Rivers. Yeah. Same kind of thing. I mean, it's just like you—you you kind of show what you can do, and you know, obviously. You're expected. I mean, this is professional sports. You're expected. We are playing to win. We are playing to win the That's championship. Right. And if you're proving that all you can do is get to the second round of the playoffs, that's not working. I mean, Philadelphia's got all kinds of questions. I don't know if if the coach alone yeah. is the issue there. I'm pretty sure, actually, it's not. Now, could there be a better coach? I have a feeling that Philadelphia is not going to look the same at the beginning of this season as they did last season. Right. They hired Nick Nurse, who is the popular coach who won the NBA championship with the Toronto Raptors. Um, but honestly, the Raptors haven't really done a whole lot since then. And so is was it really Nick Nurse uh, waving the magic wand, or was it Kawhi Leonard doing insane Kawhi Leonard things? I mean, I don't know if we know, but to your point, Pat, like James Harden, maybe the ultimate question mark. Uh, Joel Embiid, Again, another guy, no chance he plays 82 games. No chance he's like 100% healthy the whole year. They got a couple other pieces, uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. Tyrese Maxey maybe ascends, but you just don't know. And then from four down, the Cavs, they're young, but, wow, they really uh, underwhelmed in the playoffs. The Knicks, were they a fluke? They kind of played you know, over their skis a little bit, but no one's like, oh, look out for the New York Knicks next right. year. You know, they have a lot of, they showed a lot of potential. Jalen Brunson, I think, is, you know, yeah. he's, he's poised to potentially have a breakout season next season. Um, now, even if he did have a breakout season next season, would the Knicks get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe. They got to get another piece. Yeah, exactly. And, and Julius Randle is not a number two. He's like a really good number three, but... And another guy, you can't count on him. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just used to basketball in the 90s and 80s when I grew up watching it, and you just kind of assumed and expected guys to play all the time. Like, they just played all the time. When you think about, like, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Carl Malone, John Stockton, David Robinson, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Shaquille O'Neal, like, they all played all the time. All the time. And, and so I'm rambling off all these stars, and they're like, they're not going to play all year. They're not going to play. Well, maybe that's just the way it is. Right. Well, and then, you know, you, it's all about load management, right? Mm -hmm. And then you say, well, what is the point? I, it'd be interesting to see how many games did Nikola Jokic play this season. Yeah. Versus LeBron James versus AD. Now, granted, you know, injuries aside, 
Sure, but that can like, happen to anybody. But that, every, everybody is going to get hurt at some point in time. I mean, every every player. Cal Ripken took a day off eventually, you know. Right. Um. So that and and even when he was playing, he was hurt. But but Jokic played sixty nine games in the regular season, so not as much as I thought. But those are probably, you know. So he missed thirteen. So you're talking about missing one every eight games. Yeah. If they spread it out like that, I mean, that would be the, and I can't remember exactly if he had like, you know, missed a couple of days because of a, a tweaked whatever uh, ankle here or there or something. But uh, maybe that's just the new norm. So uh, instead of judging folks by not playing a full 82 games, maybe seeing like what do they have for 65 games and what sort of complete roster do they have? Because you're going to need, if I learned anything, again, kind of go back to that piece, what do we learn? You need your, every once in a while, certainly in the regular season, but even in the playoffs, in the first, second, third round, you need big random moments from like your seventh or eighth best player. I mean, one of the games that uh, the Lakers beat the Warriors, Lonnie Walker scores 15 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that sticks out. Like, he's like the ninth best player on the Lakers, maybe. So, uh, and I'm not throwing shade at Lonnie Walker. He's in the NBA. He's a good player. But, uh, you know, that I think that's that's going to be sort of if you are a general manager of a team, you're the leader of an organization you really have to understand okay nobody plays 82 games our best player is probably going to play 65 no matter what even if he's like healthy all year we're going to rest him no matter what so we need we can't just have seven deep we need 10 guys to depend on this whole year which honestly from a from a a, a roster structuring perspective makes it way harder oh absolutely i mean it's easy to get that one or even two superstars, um, but then you got to fill it out. You you need a bench. Yeah, I mean it's you, you need players. People are going to get hurt, and nobody can play. Not only every game, even just like all the entire game. Right. You know, you need to be able to give your players within the game rest, and and the whole thing just can't fall apart. Sure. When LeBron and AD take a break. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. So looking into twenty twenty four, I think it's easy or safe to say maybe boring to say that the Denver Nuggets are you know the team to beat but uh that's not the Denver Nuggets fault and they shouldn't apologize for it and because sometimes teams win the championship and you're like okay they've got some aging superstars you know this was going to be sort of the last hurrah for a certain team for instance last year in 2022 when Golden State won it you could see you know they're kind of sort of at their run not that they couldn't have potentially won it this year, but I think a lot of other teams have more question marks than uh, the 2024 Denver Nuggets. I completely agree. Well, that sounds good. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Well, in our last segment, we were talking about how we basically agree that it's looking like for next season that the Denver Nuggets are probably the best positioned team to make another deep run, if not repeat as champions. They have the least amount of questions. But if we look at some of those teams that maybe do have some questions, maybe we'll start with the Phoenix Suns. Um, they have, they, they win all in. 
yeah. this season. They decided to test that theory of, hey, let's just see if we can get as much pure, raw basketball awesomeness as we can on the court. Chemistry out the window, who cares? They traded the farm for KD yep. to the Brooklyn Nets, and it worked for the first uh, nine games or whatever that he played <laughs> in Phoenix. They won all their games, and then, of course, he got hurt in practice. Or layup line, yeah, the, the layup warm-up. line, yeah, yeah, yeah right. he got hurt shooting layups in practice, <laughs> and then, um, but then he came back, and they were okay for the first. They won the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they beat the Clippers. Beat the Clippers. But in fairness, let's let's set the story straight. If we remember, the Clippers were like a cast of Walking Dead at the end. They lost Paul George prior to the series, and Kawhi Leonard played one game, two, two games, two games, two games. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi plays two games, so you lose. And we've talked about that before in the NBA. You lose one star, you're really hurting. You lose two, your top two players. The Denver Nuggets don't go anywhere without Jokic and Jamal Murray. Oh, of course. So, anyways, so. of course. No, but um, anyway, Phoenix. So Phoenix tested that theory. Um, it's they also with that theory. It showed that. It might work if, big if, nobody gets hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody can just keep playing. And it and it. I mean, it's not. It, I don't think it's sustainable um, over a over even a whole season. Yeah, I it, don't. You can't if if you're so in. If your bench is just is pretty shallow, pretty weak, and you're like, well, we're just gonna hope that these four guys can just carry the load for 82 100 get whatever yeah you know i just don't think that that method works yeah there's too much even though we are saying that the denver nuggets are the most primed to win the 2024 nba championship i really do believe there is too much parity in the or uh, not too much parity there is a lot of parity in the nba which is great which speaks to the depth that you need and what we're saying is the margins are so razor thin. You lose one or two guys. And let's be honest again, we'll kind of sort of ping pong back and forth between looking forward and what happened in 2023. The Miami Heat lost uh, Tyler Hero in the first round. But because they had depth, because they had guys really willing to step up, they made it all the way to the NBA championship. Yeah, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, they're riding with Durant and Booker, which is a fantastic starting point. But DeAndre Ayton, everybody was ready to kick him out of Phoenix by the time the the series was over against the Nuggets. They did get rid of their coach, Monty Williams, who's well thought of, who's now uh, coaching the Pistons, and they picked up Frank Vogel. I'm of the thought, to be totally frank, that like, and I don't want to poo-poo the coaches because I do believe in the value of coaching, but all these guys are kind of the same skill set and ability. Maybe they have a different tenor and tone, um, but everybody knows what everybody's running. Everybody knows what everybody's plays are and what everybody's skill set is. It's just a matter of, so I'm not so sure that changing the coach is really going to make too strong of a change sometimes. I hope it does for the sake of those coaches, but everybody thought nothing great by Monty Williams. So that's the Phoenix Suns. Um, the next team I think we look at is the Golden State Warriors. Do they have enough to run it back? Are they the Golden State Warriors of a few years ago? Probably not. However, that method, we were just talking about the method for Phoenix. Now, the Golden State Warrior method, I think if everything kind of falls into place correctly, 
could work. Steph Curry, still the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Klay Thompson, still a phenomenal basketball player. He'll be in his last season of his contract next year. Um, Draymond Green, there is some talk of him potentially moving. He is a restricted free agent in this offseason, so who knows. Um, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. He's... I would be surprised if he's plays for Golden State next season. Uh, if we all remember, Draymond Green punched him in the face to start the season in practice, and they played through the year, and it seemed they kind of got off to a pretty good start, so it seemed like, oh, water under the bridge. And then, and then when they didn't perform well in the playoffs, every game they lost, it was there was someone out there being like, well, maybe it's because Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but Jordan Poole, he really... In that uh, series against the Lakers in the second round, there were times when ooh, he looked non-existent. It, he, yeah, he just he, disappeared. He had a real um, mental lapse in the, one of those games against the Lakers. At the end of the game, he made a poor shot at the end of the game. That's right. And it appeared to have shook him for like the rest of the series. He game did, one. He just didn't show up. For the rest of the series. So I'd be surprised if he's around. New GM, Mike Dunleavy Jr., we'll see what happens. I think if they if they keep that core intact, that core has proven that it can win. Yeah. And so I think that it can win a championship. And so, okay, I'd, now I'd give them maybe one more season. If they don't get it next year... Does Clay move on? Does Draymond move on? I mean, I mean, it's never going to be what it was. Totally. A few years ago, when it was like undeniably, oh my, the Golden State Warriors are three hundred times better than anybody else in yeah. the NBA, and they were just winning championships because they were, yeah, so much better than everybody else. That's over. Yeah, and and part of this isn't anybody's fault. It's just a function of time. You're not going to be that the magical season where they were like being compared to the 96 Bulls was 2017, six years ago. Six years in a in any athlete's lifetime is a huge amount of time. The, it's, bu- the Bulls are a great example of this. Yeah, they they have since '98 since yeah. Jordan retired. It's never been there again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I think Steph and Clay and Draymond Green. I think it's reasonable to run it back. Can they get a few more pieces? Who knows? Or can they just hold as is? And uh, with even, you know, Jordan Kaminga and Kevon Looney, can they bring all those pieces back? Um, We'll see. Uh, Another really interesting team in the Western Conference has to be the Memphis Grizzlies. And with the news that just came down, John Morant is being suspended for the first 25 games of the season. That, I mean, as an executive on the Memphis Grizzlies organization you must receive that news and think well what do we do now i completely agree i mean you you really have to think about okay 25 games and that's 25 games and he also has conditions that we don't know about Mm -hmm. like what what he also has to complete programs some kind of conditions he's also uh, he's also still suspended by the memphis grizzlies indefinitely yeah. So now will Memphis follow suit to the NBA? Probably, but um, you know he's still suspended. So thirty percent of the year. Thirty percent of the year. Now you had some interesting stats about the, how the Memphis has actually done okay over the last few years when he hasn't played. Yeah. The 
Yes, they have a, about a combined record, I believe I want to say 33-17 and 17 without John ja Morant over the last two seasons. So, excuse me, uh, 37-24 and 24, um, over the last two years combined. Yeah, for a while there it was 33-17, and 17, but so 37-24 and 24 over the last two seasons combined. So a winning record. So you missed the first 25 games. And so going going into it, does Memphis try to grab a couple extra pieces, knowing that 30% of the year we're going to be without John Morant, or knowing that they have above an above 500 record, and they have 70% of the season with him, do they think, gosh, if we can go 15 and 10, which history has told us we can do, or maybe we even go 17 and 8, we just hang in there during the first 25 games of the season. We get John Morant. He's going to be fresh. You know, he's not going to have any, you know, uh, bumps or bruises along the way. Uh, shoot. Now I'm, now that I'm saying this out loud, maybe Memphis is going to be primed to do well. Well, I think it's a, that's a really good question. I mean, how, how much does Memphis as an organization react yeah. to, to the suspension? Do they, do they, react to it in the draft? Do they draft another guard to kind of temporarily replace him? Yeah. Or just a body to put in there? Do they trade? Do they trade a draft pick? Do they just say, let's draft as if he's on the team? Because he's going to be on the sure. team. So let's let's draft a complimentary piece for Ja, even though he's not here right now. Right. Because big picture, 25 games, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. I mean, it will undoubtedly impact the team but they could still get in the playoffs and, yeah. if, and if you're and if you can get in you can make a run Miami proved that this year absolutely you know I think you're right as as the more and more we talk about this I feel like okay actually maybe you don't really do much of anything I think it, and you just kind of sit on it and let the team play and then that that's actually good because it gives more guys more opportunity to to, to get more reps, more minutes. It's the earlier part of the season anyway. Yeah. When you're still kind of all, you know, you're just, uh, the thir first third of the season, that's a lot of basketball, but it's the first third. And, of course, the way the NBA functions, the all-star break happens in this, like at the 65%. End of, exactly. And then the trade deadline's just right after that. Mm. And so the, the most important part of the season is towards the back anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do now the, of course the concern is what happens if Memphis goes 5 and 20? Did we just now is the whole season just a throwaway? Uh I think LA proves that that's not necessarily the Good case. Call. That's not necessarily the case. And you know, would if if they go 5 and 20, I think you could argue that they would probably have gone 8 and 12 with him. Yeah. You know, I mean it's just like like it, he's he's good, but he's not 40 points he's not triple double good yeah is he yeah how many wins Nicole is he Jokic, worth yeah you know is we're talking about value for a player i mean like he's undoubtedly the most exciting person on the memphis grizzlies one of the most exciting personalities in the nba is he the mvp no yeah not and even is he even in the top 10 probably not and quite honestly as we talked about uh, Nikola Jokic being the poster boy for this does excitement at the end of the day. It certainly sells tickets, and there's certainly, as us, we live in Oregon. Would I go? 
would the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant be a player I would pick to see? Yes. So in that instance, yes. But would I rather have Nikola Jokic on my team, who's the least exciting player? Absolutely. A thousand times over. Of course I'd rather have Nikola Jokic. So um, while excitement is, uh, just like you said, like it's it's uh, it sells tickets, but it doesn't necessarily win games. And at the end of the day, I would rather my favorite team in all sports win games boring than lose games excitingly. Right. As as a, as lifelong Northwest sports fans, you know we have like one Seahawks Super Bowl championship to hang our hats mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It's um, I would love to have those kinds of a boring winner a bore i I would love to be a san antonio spurs fan it's like you might be boring but we got four of them yeah yeah (laughs) totally yeah and then the other side to this whole equation is okay if memphis does what they have proven to do and win without john morant and go 17 and 8 if you're uh a memphis executive you think what are we paying john morant all this money for if we can win without him and all these guys are clicking without him. Or shoot, if they go twenty and five, none of I don't think any of that is good for John Morant. Now, people will say he's still allowed to go into during the during the suspension. Let's be clear, he is still allowed to go to practice to be in the facility. He has to leave there two hours prior to the game tipping off, so he's not allowed to be in the arena um, during the game. Then, of course. But he'll still be involved, so will he be involved in creating that team chemistry? Yes, and that is valuable. Will his influence in the locker room uh, be so powerful to help his uh, teammates make shots and correctly pass to each other and not turn the ball over and all those things? I That's a stretch to me. So that's sort of the other side of the coin here. Um, if Memphis plays really, really well, does John Morant lose his value? Does Memphis all of a sudden see, you know what, uh, when they go into the next negotiation, whenever that happens for another contract, be like, we're, we can't pay you this much because we're successful without you? That's an interesting question. You know, I mean, John Morant also has, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, John Morant also has value beyond the basketball court. He is a young superstar, and arguably maybe in in the world of like Gen Z, maybe the biggest superstar of that young, young class. He connects the younger generation. He's only 23. He's only 23. He probably connects with that generation more than any other superstar. LeBron James, maybe a better basketball player, old man. Yeah. You know, Jokic, maybe a better basketball player, old man. Not very exciting. Connects with the old guys, even Connects, though he's twenty eight. You're right, exactly, exactly. Though, but you know, like all that, all all the other, like even Giannis, he's he's a little so. And Giannis definitely has a uh, an older kind of approach to the game, sure. In in some ways, and certainly kind of like an an attitude towards it. Um, but Jaws Jaws a, a young modern player, and I think that value is 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 very real. Sure. I have, with that all with all that being said, this is basketball, mm-hmm. and so the next time yeah, con- not, yeah. the next time his contract comes around, if if it's proven that they can't win 
or they can win without him. Now, but now the question is, let's say that they do okay, go 500, maybe a little bit better than 500 without him. He comes back and they make a serious run, like Western Conference Championship, maybe even the finals. Maybe they don't win. Maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. they, maybe they lose to Denver in the Western West- Conference Finals or whatever. Would you consider that him proving his value? With him playing well, maybe not necessarily, yes, you know, 40 points a game well, but like, okay. I think it would be, you're right, I mean, because 25 games isn't the largest of sample size. It'd be one thing if it was like, he's going to miss the first 60 games. Uh, That would be extreme for um, this sort of uh, suspension and everything. But let's just play devil's advocate. If somebody missed the inverse, so 70% of the season, and then that player is reintroduced, and they play much, much better... I think there's reason to think that, but I think you are going to, people are going to be able to argue based on this sample size, whichever way they want to, because 25 games is sort of that amount that you think, yeah, if, if they play really well, they go 20 and five, you'd be like, well, they, maybe, maybe their schedule was soft and maybe the teams they played, if they were good players, let's say they played Denver one night, but Nikola Jokic doesn't play or rest or Jamal Murray doesn't play and he rests. You know, there's all sorts of caveats. It's early in the season and every team is trying to figure its chemistry out. Yeah. They're playing 10, 11 guys and they got, you know, a handful of, which is a good thing for John Morant because that means no matter what happens, he's going to be able to argue for his own value no matter how they do. Certainly, he needs to be ready to go. I mean, that's going to be an interesting point, the 26th game of the season. Uh, if it's not on you know, prime time, whether it's ABC or TNT, I'm sure it will be. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure, I mean, that, that game is right now circled. No doubt on the calendar. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's probably Christmas or something. You know, like who knows? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So those are probably the top three. I mean, we didn't even mention the Sacramento Kings. We didn't mention the Sacramento Kings. Interestingly enough, I don't know if the Sacramento. We talked about Denver not needing having a lot of pieces. I think Sacramento has a fairly good, complete team. They're just really young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have De'Aaron Fox, really good. Sabonis. Sabonis is good. Uh, Monk coming off the bench played really, really well. Maybe he played better than his average, so does he regress a little bit? Uh, you know, Kevin Herter, uh, kind of their 3 and D guy. Keegan Murray, you know, they've got a lot of young talent. Do those guys improve a little bit and blossom? Mike Brown proved himself to be a really good coach. So I think there is, if they just sort of, you know, stay pat, they definitely could run it back. And they should do just fine. I don't know what some of these other teams do. What do the Clippers do with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard? I mean, that seems like a mess. I uh, think it's just about time to write Kawhi Leonard off. I mean, if he can't, oh, if he, if he, if it's, it's, he went from. I mean, how long ago was it that Toronto won the championship on on his back? I'm gonna I mean, say he almost single handedly won that championship. Yeah, I'm gonna say 2018, but uh, let me just do a quick double ni- check. 18 here. or yeah. 19. Yeah, 2019, and yes. If, and, and then just doesn't show up. If I was a Blazers fan, you said, we're going to get Kawhi Leonard. I said, I'd rather not. Because he only, we're talking about like, uh, John Morant's going to get suspended for 30% of the year. That's all that Kawhi plays. Right. It's seemingly, you know. And again, he, something happens and he flames out towards the, if I was the owner, uh, Steve Ballmer, I'd be furious. I'd want to cut the guy. 
But he's he's such an interesting. You know, you still can never really tell if he actually enjoys playing basketball. He is, right? <laughs> he has just the most like in one way. Like you want you don't want your superstar to be like brash and uh, right. You, know, you got like Dennis Rodman on the one end, and then you got like Kawhi Leonard on the other. Like, yeah. like Dennis Rodman, hyper all emotion all the time. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard wins a championship, no emotion on his face. Yeah, loses a t- like there's it's nothing. It all the time nothing. All and, the time, nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, one time he hit that one shot to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in, like, the second or third round that same year in 2019. And he showed some emotion at that point. A series-winning fadeaway shot. But besides that, yes, it is just, like, baffling. The guy is just like, are you even around? Are you here? Are you looking through me? Are you looking past me? Like, I just feel like how, that can't be good for chemistry. No, well, it doesn't seem like he's much of a leader. I mean, it's hard to tell. Obviously, we're not in the locker room. Yeah. But it seems like a guy that quiet, that reserved, Yeah, it, it would be hard to be a leader. Is you If you look at somebody like LeBron James, LeBron doesn't really lose his cool. Totally. But when it's time to pump your fist, he will pump his fist. He, you know, when, you, when you hit the big shot, you let everybody know about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, he hits the big shot and puts his head down and walks into the locker room. Yeah. Like he missed the shot. Uh, it is bizarre. You'd think like, I and mean, we all have jobs, like, what do you think of uh, Tim over here? Uh, he's really good at his job, but he's just so boring. I just can't figure him out and not a lot of fun to work with. And I don't know, man, I think we could get maybe someone who's not as good, but more fun to work with. It would boost the culture and the chemistry a little bit. There's probably some value there. So yeah, what do the Clippers do like, Maybe ultimate wild card. Um, and then from then on down, it's a crapshoot. And then on the you know Eastern side, I think the biggest question mark in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics and the dynamic of Jalen Brown. Does he stay? Does he go? If he goes, what team does he go to then? And what pieces do Boston get back? And how will that... Um, either make them better or worse. And if he stays amongst all this speculation, depending on what, you know, a potential new contract would be, is he going to be perturbed that his name was floated out there and Boston was trying to get rid of him? I mean, that's got to be a weird feeling. Put yourself in, in, in any superstar's shoes to know that like, uh, yeah, you know, by the way, they're, they're looking to get rid of you, looking to re- get rid of you, and then all of a sudden be like, hey, we wanted you the whole time. Right. Yeah, well, come back, know, come it's back. It's hard to tell. There is that new uh, CBA, that new collective bargaining agreement. Um, I was listening to uh, Woj on ESPN, and he was talking about, honestly, the way that that thing is set up now, if you have, it's virtually impossible to have like three supermax contracts and have any kind of anything left over and we talked about how important that is exactly and so what do the celtics do what do they get is jalen brown is there a team out there willing to elevate jalen brown to like a number one level can he can he be the number one who knows who knows i think i think you're right though boston boston definitely has you know and philly um I think if you were to talk about Philly, I think what it shows is even with the MVP, yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't think it's all the coach. I don't think a new coach is gonna, you know, is James Harden gonna go back to Houston? Is he gonna stay in Philadelphia? I think there's a decent chance he stays in Philly. Yeah. Um, but even if he does, 
even with Joel Embiid playing MVP-level basketball, that's not enough. There are some issues with Philadelphia, but James Harden, one year older, I don't imagine he's getting... I think he's on the other end of the bell curve of his career, so I can't imagine he's going to get any better. And uh, you're right. And so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Going to be kind of a fun off offseason. Uh, we'll certainly talk about it more into the summer and see who knows what happens with the Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. Um, there's just so many... He gets paired and thrown out to every single team in the NBA, it seems. So uh, we don't really know what they're going to do either, but... Um, We're looking forward to it uh, either way. That's right.